Welcome to the Seven Hats Podcast. My name is Yuval Selig, and I've been on the entrepreneurial roller coaster for over 20 years. I've experienced it all throughout my journey the grind, burnout, failure, and ultimately, success. The turning point for me was realizing that building a successful company is meaningless if you neglect the other significant areas of your life. So today, I'm inviting you to join me on an adventure through those seven areas, what I call the seven hats. Every week, my guests and I will drop valuable insights and pearls of wisdom, helping, motivating, and inspiring you to get your seven hats in order and deliver real impact with meaning. So let's get going. Welcome to episode three of the Seven Hats podcast. My name is Yuval Selick, and I'm your host. Today, I want to discuss the seven hats and how you can achieve success in your life's hats using my impact framework. If you listened to episode two, you'd remember my darkest moment back in 2010 when I was sitting in the corner of my condo, sobbing uncontrollably, knowing I'm about to lose everything I work so hard to achieve. And at that moment, I tried to blame everyone and everything outside of myself for my life circumstances. But a moment of clarity allowed me to ask the question that changed everything and empowered me to pick myself up and ultimately find success. I asked myself the following question. What is it about me that manifested all of this in my life? And answering that question forced me to look within and take responsibility for my actions. And since that painful day 10 years back, I have lived my life according to the following analogy. I see myself as one of those old cinema projectors. You know, the ones with the two reels? One is the reel, which is the feed reel. It contains the part of the film that has not yet been shown. The other is the take-up reel, which collects the film that has been shown. The film, which is composed of still images, quickly moves between the light and the lens to produce a moving image that's then projected onto the screen. The way that I see it, our life's journey is the film. Each frame is a moment in time or what I call the now. The movie begins as the first frame passes through the lens or your first breath, and of course, will end when there are no more frames to project through the lens, aka your last breath. Now imagine you're watching your movie, and there's this huge thing that pops up on the screen all of a sudden. It's very distracting and quite awful to watch. So you ask yourself, what the hell is that? And then proceed to the screen and try to clean it up. You try and try and nothing. Nothing you seem to do makes any difference. So you go back and continue watching your movie. You're not really enjoying it as much, but it's still bearable. However, a few minutes go by and shit, another distraction pops up. So you go back and try to clean that up on the screen. And you go back and forth and back and forth each time unsuccessfully cleaning the screen from those ugly and distracting things that keep on popping up. But eventually, the movie becomes unbearable to watch. And that brings me back to the question that I ask myself when my life or movie was unbearable to watch. What is it about me that manifested all of this in my life? What I realized at that moment was, those ugly things that I was trying to clean from the screen were actually pieces of lint that collected on my lens, not the screen. However, by focusing on the screen, I was focusing on things outside of my control. And at that moment, I realized that if I try to blame or fix others 
to find success and happiness in my life, I was effectively cleaning the lint off the screen. And we know how that turns out. So, for the next decade, I focused on cleaning the lint off my lens. But cleaning the lint off a lens is a delicate process. You don't want to clean the lint with improper methods. Or guess what? You can permanently scratch the lens. So I had to analyze each piece of lint and figure out the proper way of cleaning it. And that exercise led me to discover and reimagine what success looks like for me to live a fulfilled life. And in the process, I finally understood the root cause of my downfall and the downfall of so many entrepreneurs before me. My dad is one of them. We entrepreneurs are innovators. We're dreamers, shift changers. But we are also hyper-focused on our business and careers to a fault. I remember always making excuses that I didn't have time to work out or have a date night, spend time with my friends and family, meditate, have a morning routine, whatever. I always had an excuse. But looking back, neglecting those critical areas of my life outside of my business led to my downfall in two ways. The first was the inability to run my business effectively. Here's why. When I neglected my health and fitness... I didn't have the clarity and energy required to focus on what mattered most. So, I was distracted all the time. And distraction is one of the most pervasive problems an entrepreneur will face. More on that in future episodes. But when I neglected my relationships, I lost my support system. Without a support system, I lost the life force required to get up each morning and face the punches coming my way. When I stopped meditating and spending quality time with myself, feeding my soul, I reduce my creative capacity, which is so essential for a founder. And it goes on and on. The indirect consequences to my business started to become apparent over time as I neglected my hats. My second epiphany came to me when I realized that all the financial success and accolades in the world wouldn't fill the void that I'd eventually experience when I successfully exited. I envisioned that neglecting my critical areas of life will leave me feeling empty and unfulfilled in a life that would, from the outside, seem all but amazing. I, too, fell into that trap when I looked up to influential entrepreneurs that the media celebrates. Listen, don't be fooled by what you see in the news. Trust me, we all have problems. Some deal with them in shelters and others in mansions. But no one is immune. The question that you have to ask yourself is who's by your side when you get there? And are you healthy and fulfilled to enjoy the fruits of your labor? So I hope I persuaded you to at least pay some attention to your hats. But I know many of you out there are convinced that there is not enough time to get it all done. Listen, I will say it's not an easy task. It requires a particular skill set to master what I call the time dance. It took me many years to realize that we all have 168 hours in a week. The next question I had to ask and settle in my mind is how would the same amount of time some people change the world while some can't even get in a workout or spend some time with their family and friends? So the epiphany is that there is no such thing as time management. The only lever you have is self-management. So I had to figure out how to pulverize those excuses that I relied on for so many years. And what materialized was my impact framework on achieving those hairy, audacious goals while still living a fulfilled life and making incremental, however, material advancements in all areas of my life. 
But before we unravel the impact formula, let's review the hats one more time in a bit more detail. Oh, and one more thing. Every hat represents a critical area of life and also has a corresponding role that you represent as you travel along your path. So let's get started. Hat number one is all about self-love. It's the relationship you have with yourself. The role that you take on when paying attention to that hat is the soul. It's also called the golden hat because it's the only hat that, in my opinion, feeds you in ways required to show up for all the other hats. If you're not whole or don't have anything left in the tank to give on the inside, you won't have anything available to give to others. It also manifests itself emotionally. Here's a life lesson that Wayne Dyer teaches us on squeezing an orange. See, Wayne was speaking on stage and brought up an orange as a prop to make a point to the audience. He asked for a volunteer and a young boy stood up. Wayne asked him the following question. If I were to squeeze this orange as hard as I could, what would come out? The boy looked at Wayne like he was a little bit crazy and said, Juice, of course. So Wayne then asked, Do you think apple juice would come out? No, the boy laughed. Wayne asked, What about grapefruit juice? No, the boy replied. So what would come out of it? Wayne asked. Orange juice, of course, the boy replied. So Wayne asked that final question. Why? Why, when you squeeze an orange, does orange juice come out? And the boy said, Well, it's an orange. And that's what's inside. And that's the point for hat number one. It's what's inside that makes all the difference in how you present yourself on the outside. Let's assume that the orange wasn't really an orange, but you. And someone or life squeezed you, meaning they put pressure on you. Maybe someone says something that you don't like or offends you. If out comes anger, resentment, hatred, bitterness, fear, then the answer might be as the young boy explained to Wayne. It's because that's what's inside. Hat number two, the health and fitness hat, is a hat that many of us ignore. How do I know that? Well, nearly 72% of adults are overweight. And I was one of those people for many years. But it's not only about the number on the scale. Even if you're fit, you should continuously improve your fitness. And that's the goal. The end goal is not to have a six-pack. The aim is to improve your health lifestyle incrementally each day. So the role you take on when paying attention to this second hat is the athlete. And I have to be honest with you. There are a thousand roads that will lead you there. Don't let anyone fool you into believing that one way works better than the other. I've tried all types of workouts and diets, and they actually all worked, with one caveat, when I consistently took action for a prolonged period of time. I believe I mentioned in my first episode that I'm a foodie, and I wasn't kidding. I don't just eat food to satiate my hunger. I eat it as a hobby, a lifestyle, for pleasure. So any restrictive diet, it's like a dagger in my foodie's heart. That said, though, I figured out that balance is essential. And controlling my intake 80% of the time allows me for pleasure on both sides. I can stay fit and enjoy food as well. See, I'm currently on the keto diet with very few Cheeto days. And that works for me at the present moment. I figured out that as much as I love carbs, they don't love me back. And keeping carbs and sugar at a minimum works wonders for my body and allows me to have all the energy required to fuel my day. For a workout, I wake up each morning for my morning routine and make sure that I move my body for 30 minutes to get the blood circulating. Then, 
I stretch for about 10 to 15 minutes. I also work out for an hour during the day lifting weights or some type of strength training. No gym, no excuses. I've been keeping this routine in my home office with a set of adjustable dumbbells and a bench. I subscribe to Beachbody On Demand and I take their classes. And I do this all in a 5x8 section of the room. No more excuses that I don't have time to go to the gym. And over the past year and a half, I lost over 25 pounds and gained muscle and I just feel great. But it took time and consistency. It's not easy. It's tough to take the time and commit when you're running a business. But if your why is strong enough, you will do it. And the results are so worth it. The reality is that entrepreneurs tend to face a significant amount of stress. We tend to work a lot. And work fatigue and burnout can add stress and limit our ability to lead a healthy lifestyle. And as a result, exercise may have disappeared from your day-to-day life. And fast and easy food may constitute your dietary choices. And not to mention, many are also sleep-deprived because they're burning the midnight oil or just stressed about the day in order to get a good night's sleep. So I'm looking forward to learning more as I take this journey together with you and finally tackle a lifestyle of exercise, healthy eating, and quality sleep, the trifecta for success. Hat number three, the relationship you have with others, has always been a tough one for me. My natural tendency is out of sight, out of mind. Listen, I love people, don't get me wrong. And I enjoy spending quality time with those that I love. However, when I get busy, I neglect to keep up with my relationships. I always joke that Ala, my wife, is a social coordinator because if she didn't make any plans, I would be alone in my room. I got this from my dad. He's also kind of a hermit. He stays in his workshop and does not need to socialize unless there's a social interaction, in which case he loves to interact and then he's the center of attention. So this is a hat that I'm working through at this very moment. I'm literally scheduling time on my calendar to call my family and friends. And I do this every week because if I don't stay consistent, I will lose the momentum that I've gained over the past few months. My mom and sister are still in shock that I'm calling them weekly to check in. As far as my relationship with Allah, well, that's a bit easier because we live together. But it's also more difficult because we live together and work together 24-7. So it's critical to try to separate work from romance, which is a struggle many of you face, especially this past year during the lockdowns. I can't wait to uncover the secrets that Allah and I adopted when I interview Allah in upcoming episodes. But the short of it is that we must schedule date nights and carve out time each day to connect and communicate as a couple. As Stephen Covey stated in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, I believe it was habit number five, seek first to understand, then be understood. And that's the secret to our success. Understanding each other's needs and effectively communicating changed the game for us. It was a rough journey getting there, but we could serve each other once we understood each other's needs. And that's why the role you take on when paying attention to the third hat is the servant. Hat number four is the hat for those seeking to change the world for the better. And that's why the role that you take on when paying attention to this fourth hat is the entrepreneur. We are a special breed for sure. And if you're starting, growing, or running a business, it's going to be one of your most significant hats and the hat that you spend much of your time wearing. We will spend considerable time discussing this hat with our guests. However, we will go about it in a unique way. And since success is accomplished in between failures, the question we will explore with our guests is as much who did they have to stop being 
as much as who did they have to start being. As I stated earlier, we want to uncover the dark side of entrepreneurship and learn from it. I never grew as a person sipping pina coladas on a beach, but I sure the hell did grow when I was facing bankruptcy attorneys and had to figure out how to make my mortgage payment or make payroll. So vulnerability will be a requirement of our guest. There is no need to run through their resume or spend a lot of time discussing how they felt when they went public. So why do we want to uncover the gamut of skill sets required to run a business as an entrepreneur and then go deep into each skill set? Well, you as the entrepreneur founder, you must have at least some knowledge in all aspects of your business so you can call bullshit on those you manage. And that's why we're going to cover each of them many times over throughout our time together. Hat number five covers your finances. And the role that you take on when paying attention to this fifth hat is the investor. Let's look at it this way. 50% of companies fail within the first year and 95% within the first five years. If you don't plan and save up for an emergency, you may fall hard if your business fails and you don't have some runway to figure it out before your next move. So why not plan ahead? Why not make savings and investing your money a habit? I know, your business is different. You will succeed. I get it. If we didn't believe, we wouldn't be entrepreneurs. And if you remember, in episode two, when I was sitting in my accountant's office telling him why I'm the exception, he uttered those five words that shaped me ever since. Quote, and what if you don't? Wow, that was so powerful back then and still is. And so when I couldn't pay myself when my Luvala lost its retail stronghold, I had to get a job for $10 an hour driving a limo and then spend eight years working 100 plus hour weeks at US Bank while building Promomash so I can pay off my debt and cover our bills. And since having no money in the bank and facing bankruptcy will sober any entrepreneur out there, I made it a mission to get my finances in order and pay myself first to save up a nest egg for emergencies. And boy, did it pay off. I quit my job at U.S. Bank on February 28, 2000, with savings and no debt. And I can't tell you the relief it was when the lockdowns hit and then Promomash lost a sizable amount of revenue during that pandemic. This time, I did not have to find a job to cover our expenses. I was prepared. One less stress on my shoulders. So it's important to pay yourself first, figure out a saving strategy, and plan out future catastrophic events that are inevitable. And we will cover this topic with some amazing guests who will teach us, the entrepreneur, how to get our finances in order while still giving it all to our enterprises. There is no better feeling than giving back and helping contribute to helping others have a better life, which is why the role you take on when wearing hat number six is the philanthropist. The philanthropist hat is the hat that excites me the most. I have given to charity in the past and contributed in small ways to help give back. However, I yearn to do more in this area of my life. And that's the reason for starting this podcast and spending time as a mentor. I'm also looking for other chances to give back, and I believe that those opportunities will show up in my life sooner than later. I can't wait to interview those who made it their life's mission to give back to the world and learn from them as much as we can so we can do the same. Contribution is strongly linked to fulfillment, and I hope that if you have the blessings, you will help others who can use some blessings of their own. Finally, hat number seven addresses what it takes to be a spiritual entrepreneur, and in this role, you become the seeker. 
Spirituality and entrepreneurship are two words that you do not see side by side very often. To me, being a spiritual entrepreneur allows you to connect to your higher self, a force greater than you as you build your business. Traditionally, spirituality and religion is a hot topic, especially as a broadcast to a general audience. However, no matter your beliefs, I feel that we can learn a lot from the different faiths and practices out there to evolve our consciousness as creative beings. In hindsight, I needed to hone in on my spirituality to survive and thrive as an entrepreneur and human being. I have learned that some of the most successful entrepreneurs possess many of the attributes taught in the spiritual books that we all know and love. Values and qualities such as positive thinking, inner peace, optimism, humility, compassion, reciprocity, equality, kindness, sacrifice, discipline, honesty, authenticity, and so much more. I'm excited to make this connection with some fantastic guests, including Atma, who you met in episode two, where we will discuss the link between spirituality and entrepreneurship at length. Okay, now that we dove a bit deeper into the hats, you should have a feeling on what we will cover on this podcast. Each episode will try to tackle one or more hats and tie them back to the entrepreneur while providing actionable steps and lessons to take back to the lab as we continue to evolve and create the life that we always dreamed of. A fulfilled and meaningful life full of impact. That said, we still must address the elephant in the room discussed earlier. How could we get it all done in 168 hours a week? Well, there are many ways and many teachers out there who can help. And over the past 20 years, I've learned from some of the best mentors out there. And in the process, created what I call the impact framework. Is it the only path? Absolutely not. But it's the path that worked for me. And I'd love to share a high-level overview with you guys now. Helen Keller once said, The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. So the I in impact is for inspiration. Your dreams or vision on how you want your life to unfold. Some might write down New Year's resolution goals for the year. Some might create a beautiful vision board. No matter your avenue, if you want to achieve success, you need a North Star to guide you. Simply put, goals are not the roadmap or the how, but your guidance system keeping you on track on your way to achieve the visions that matter most to you. I look at my goals as my Dream 100. Those are the 100 dreams that matter most to me. Some are small and can be accomplished in weeks or months, while others are more substantial and impactful and can take three, five, even 10 or more years to achieve. To be honest, many of those Dream 100 goals might not even materialize, but that's besides the point. You need inspiration at the point where you are right now in your life. And as you become the person you need to evolve to, to achieve some of those goals, you will realize that what you thought you envisioned as your most important desires are no longer suitable at your current stage of growth. I keep my goals handy at all times and look at them every morning as I journal. I made the mistake of writing down my goals and then forgetting about them as they collected dust in my desk drawer. And unlike what the movie The Secret teaches you, creating a vision board without the remainder of the impact formula will leave your dreams, well, just that, dreams and aspirations. Next, the M represents one of your most critical to master to make your inspirations come to life, and that's mindset. See, I believe our potential is unlimited. However, you will never tap into that potential without the mindset and belief 
that you're capable of achieving your dreams. And to do so, you must become more than you are today to achieve what you want tomorrow. You will attract into your life only what you already possess inside. And to say it another way, success is something you attract, not something you pursue. Therefore, fulfillment is obtained by who you become as you achieve your goals, not by the accolades and possessions you accumulate in your life. The externalities are nearly a reflection of your mindset and belief system. So, to improve my mindset muscle, I had to adapt the growth mindset mentality instead of a fixed mindset mentality. See, those with a fixed mindset focus on the lost and then they identify with it. However, those with a growth mindset don't attach their ultimate success to their current failures. So in my mind, I don't lose my drive when I don't achieve a goal. I'm just not there yet. I'm a proponent of Kanai, constant and never-ending improvement. And therefore, I never reach a destination, even if I reach my goals. I'm constantly growing and learning because I believe in life's success journey that ebbs and flows. The worst thing you can do as an entrepreneur is achieving all your goals and then wonder, is this all there is? That's why focusing on your seven hats is so significant, because you can never reach your full potential in one lifetime. So you're always striving to become better each day. But at the same time, you're fulfilled in the current moment, the now. This is because you're not trying to get to a destination. You're always working on yourself, and you're just not there yet. The P represents purpose and plays well with mindset. It's the why. Many teachers have spoken of the why as a crucial piece to the puzzle of success. However, in my opinion, no one has related more eloquently than Simon Sinek. He states that people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. He described the bullseye, and the inner circle is the why. The middle circle is the how, and the outer circle is the what. He claims that we know what to do, and we know how to do it. But very few people know why they do what they do. And I agree with that. We don't lack knowledge. Just Google it, whatever it is. And you can easily find the steps to get your goals accomplished. However, if you don't tap into your why, you will give up before you get there because achieving hairy audacious goals is so freaking hard. If you're listening to me now, I can almost guarantee you have lofty goals and dreams. There's a reason you're called the 1%. So how do you find out your why? Here's how. When you write down your dream 100 goals, pay special attention to these goals that have the most significant meaning and impact. Then ask yourself, who do I need to become? What skills do I need to develop in order to achieve those goals? And then ask yourselves, why? Why do I want to achieve it? You will come up with an answer fairly quickly. But don't stop there. Ask why again. Then why again. And again. Until you have no more whys left. And that's your why. And if that why emotionally charge you up, you will achieve your goals no matter what. Otherwise, let it go and find another inspired, purpose-driven goal to focus on. Once you're inspired, once you have the mindset and purpose to achieve your goals, then the work begins. The A in impact stands for action. Action is where the rubber meets the road. It's about those tiny little decisions that make all the difference. 
But action doesn't translate into a to-do list. Action is a focused and purposeful decision to achieve a specific outcome. Many of us get bogged down and busy with to-do lists that lead to nowhere. Yes, you get things crossed off. Yes, you feel good about it. But is that to-do list moving the needle towards achieving your purpose-driven goals? Probably not. The epiphany for me was that successful people get more accomplished in the same 168 hours that the rest of us struggle with because successful people do less, not more. Let me say that again. Successful people do less, not more. They say no to 99% of what's in front of them and on their list. And that's the first secret to action. The second secret is to spend every Sunday planning out the week. If you saw my calendar, I don't have any open slots available, and that's on purpose. I leave nothing to chance. If I had an empty slot on my calendar, I usually procrastinate and miss the opportunity to focus. And then I often let other people's demands on my time take over. So, on my Sunday planning session, I schedule 90-minute focus sessions throughout the day, each day. We all schedule our meetings on the calendar and block that time off. So if you schedule a board meeting or a doctor's appointment, you're not going to miss it for other people's demands on your time or a task that you must accomplish. So the trick is to throw away 99% of your to-do list at any given week and focus on what matters most via scheduled 90-minute focus sessions. I schedule my first focus session at 7 a.m. daily, seven days a week, which means no emails, no phone calls, meetings, or excuses. I work without distraction for 90 minutes from 7 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., getting my most essential priorities accomplished. Then, I might have a couple of meetings and schedule another 90-minute focus session to continue to move the needle towards achieving the most critical results for the week. I also make sure that I focused on at least three hats each day and every hat each week. So I schedule time with Allah in the evenings, time with family on weekends, time for myself during my morning and evening routines, my finances each Sunday, and so on. That's how I make time to ensure that I improve in advance in each of my seven hats. That's the secret to self-management, not time management, to get it all done. It's not easy, guys. I get up in the morning at 4.45 a.m. and I'm nonstop until 9 p.m. or so. But it's not time spent only on my work and career, which makes all the difference in the world. And since I'm nonstop all day, guess what? I sleep each night soundly for seven to eight hours because sleep is a critical component to success. I neglected it for too many years and suffered. So now it's sacred time for me. The C in the impact framework represents consistency. Like most people, I've struggled with consistency over the years. Darren Hardy, another mentor of mine, talks about the compound effect in his book, The Compound Effect. It's not a difficult principle to understand. Take tiny, seemingly insignificant actions over a prolonged period of time, and you will reap massive rewards. What you're trying to do is form daily habits. And successful people are masters in staying consistent because they know that the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is not a lot. It's just successful people will outwork everyone else over time. While others will quit, you will continue to focus on taking action to accomplish your purpose-driven outcomes and goals. We can spend weeks talking about building long-term habits and finding consistency in your daily routine. And we'll cover that specific topic many times with some amazing guests in future episodes. For now, I recommend the following books to get you started. The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, Atomic Habits by James Clear, 
The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, and Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Finally, the T in the formula stands for transformation. Think of yourself as a caterpillar. You don't want to just be a better caterpillar, do you? You want to transform into a butterfly. But the transition to the butterfly is an arduous one. It's a lonely one as the caterpillar must spend time in a dark cocoon as the transformation occurs. But then, the ultimate awakening. From a caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly. Wow! Now that butterfly shares its beauty with the world and then pollinates all the flowers in the field to spread even more of its essence. Joseph Campbell said it so well in The Hero's Journey. He said the following, and I quote, A hero ventures forth from the world of the common day into a region of supernatural wonders. Fabulous forces are there encountered, and a decisive victory is won. The hero comes back from this mysterious adventure with the power to bestow boons on his fellow man. End quote. And that's what I wish to see in you. Take heed of the seven hats. Work the impact framework on a daily basis to achieve those big, hairy, audacious goals and find fulfillment in your journey as you impact the world and the world around you, just like the butterfly pollinates all those flowers in the field to continue to spread even more of its essence. So until next time, I bid you farewell. Don't skip our next episode as I invite my Promomash co-founder and friend, Chris Ambarian. I always joke that Chris completes me, and he does. Together, we actually make one really good executive. I promise for an entertaining segment. And on another note, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. It really goes a long way, and I would really appreciate it. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So please take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Facebook, Instagram stories, or Snapchat and tag 7hats. Until next time, my name is Yuval Selick. And I tip my hat off to you.